Hi, this is Sabrina. And this is Miranda. Welcome to Supplements Pod. Your weekly health news podcast. Except we aren't that weekly. And it's because I had midterms last week. So I apologize. School's more important. So Miranda, where's America at with vaccinations? So as of June 14th, 43.7% of the total population in the United States has been vaccinated, and 54.4% of adults 18 and older in the U.S. have been vaccinated. The four states with the highest percentage of their total population fully vaccinated are Vermont, Massachusetts, Maine, and Connecticut at 61.9%, 58%, 58%, and 57.2% respectively. And as for the five states with the lowest vaccination rates, we have Mississippi at 28.1%, Alabama at 30.6%, Arkansas at 32.6%, and Wyoming and Louisiana both at 33%. And California opened up today. Yes, we opened up completely today. I went to a coffee shop and did some work there, but it was nice to just be out again. I miss going to a coffee shop and paying for like an overpriced coffee just to tell myself I'm being productive and then spending an hour on Facebook or Instagram. So today we're going to be talking about polio, Biogen's new Alzheimer's drug, and a couple COVID-related news. So Miranda, to start us off, what did the Global Polio Eradication Initiative recently announced. The Global Polio Eradication Initiative is a partnership led by national governments and also health groups. And on June 9th, it announced a $5.1 billion plan to eradicate polio by 2026. So they hope to do so by integrating polio programs with other healthcare programs and focusing on areas with chronically low immunization rates for polio. This plan also hopes to ensure adequate vaccine supply and provides a strategy to increase vaccine acceptance in the countries in which they hope to increase polio vaccination rates. The current vaccine in use is an oral vaccine that contains a weakened strain of the virus. However, this can still pass into feces and infect other people. Most outbreaks that we see today are vaccine-induced outbreaks. A new vaccine has been approved for emergency use, and countries that are implementing this new vaccine will have to commit to monitoring its effectiveness and safety. And currently, Afghanistan and Pakistan are the only two countries where polio is endemic. And Sabrina, what does endemic mean? It means that it is localized to that region. Yep. They were saying how, like, when the Taliban was there, they had to, like, stop door-to-door vaccinations, and then, like, COVID hit, and they had to, like, go do that. And so it was, like, a small problem, but then the past year, it's gone to become, like, a bigger problem. Oh, yeah. I think I was also saying something about, like, when COVID started, all these effort from, like, Mm-hmm. healthcare teams went to treating COVID and like fighting against COVID. So in a lot of these developing countries that don't really have infrastructure yet to deal with these health crises, 
there are hidden epidemics. So even though COVID-19 is a global pandemic and it's obviously an epidemic in multiple countries, these countries were already battling other diseases like HIV or polio or malaria, et cetera, before COVID. And so now these are like the hidden epidemic in these countries because they're no longer talked about or highlighted in the news, but the people there are still battling these diseases at very high rates. The FDA recently approved Biogen's Alzheimer's drug, Aduhelm. This has been a very long process for Biogen, I would say. Two years ago, the two drug trials that Biogen were conducting were halted. However, the company argued that there were still some clinical benefit that was seen in patients who had a higher dose of the medication. The FDA gave Aldehelm conditional approval on June 7th, stating it is said to slow cognitive decline. However, Biogen still needs to do a large clinical trial or else this could be revoked. And this decision is full of controversy. Last November, an outside panel of 11 experts came together and 10 voted no, while one said uncertain regarding whether the FDA should approve of this medication. And after the FDA announced their decision, three experts resigned from this committee. Additionally, Aldehelm runs at $56,000 a year. It is estimated that copay may be $11,500 annually. This would really cost the Medicare a lot of money depending on how many patients are on this medication. Since Aldehelm is an infusion drug, you can get this done at an outpatient setting. The Part B of Medicare standard premium is currently $148.50 a month. Miranda, do you want to explain what a premium is? Basically, a premium is what you pay each month for your chosen insurance plan. You have to pay the copay on top of that. Adahome is quite expensive. However, Biogen did agree to not raise the price for the next four years. That's one whole college education right there. As we said earlier in this episode, 43.7% of the U.S. population has been fully vaccinated. And with this increase in vaccinations, many people are no longer getting tested for COVID. And one of the concerns, though, with COVID tests is that the variants are not as detectable from the coronavirus tests that we have developed and have been using in the U.S. Most of the coronavirus tests being used in the U.S. detect specific parts of the COVID-19 virus's RNA. And RNA is the genetic material that makes up the COVID-19 virus. So with humans, we have DNA, With viruses like COVID-19, they have RNA. Not to get too much into the science, but basically when the COVID-19's RNA is modified either from a mutation or another type of modification event called recombination, it results in a new 
sequence of RNA, and that sequence might produce different proteins. And when a COVID-19 test is administered, it might not be able to recognize this new sequence of RNA because this new sequence of RNA might not contain the specific stretches of the RNA that the test was originally designed to detect. There are also antigen tests which detect for proteins that are produced by the COVID-19 RNA. And when the sequence of RNA is different, it might produce different proteins and not the specific protein that the antigen test is designed to detect. And so because of the rise in variants, it is a concern in the scientific community that we may be under-detecting cases of COVID-19 if it is a variant that is not detectable by the current tests that we have. This is dangerous because if a COVID-19 test yields a false negative, a person might think they don't have COVID-19 and continue to go out into the community and interact closely with other people. And this will allow the virus to spread undetected. Scientists are currently trying to work on tests that can detect the variants or that are more sensitive to the variants. And it's not like the current tests that we have completely miss when a patient has a different variant of COVID-19. It's actually pretty rare that they'll miss it completely since many of these variants share similar RNA and most of these tests will test for multiple different stretches of the RNA. So even if they miss like one portion, they'll probably catch another. I feel like it's great that scientists are doing this type of research, but as vaccination rates continue to go up, how many people are still actually going to go get tested? And will extra resources be given to like normal testing labs to figure out which variant it is? You know, it's kind of like how we talked about like the New York Yankees earlier. Like the MLB obviously has the resources to like examine which variant that the players got, but normal universities or just like health community centers might not have that resource, like that technology. They probably only test like, oh, positive. And that's kind of it. Back to emergent biosolutions, which I believe we talked about in one of our earlier episodes. They manufactured the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Recently, it was found that around 60 million doses made at their Maryland plant were deemed unusable due to possible contamination. There are another 10 million doses that will be used. However, regulators cannot guarantee that this manufacturing plant followed proper manufacturing practices. It's currently closed. However, the company is confident that this plant will reopen as soon as possible. I think the question is, should those 10 million doses still be used in America, outside of America, when the FDA knows that they can't guarantee that proper manufacturing practices were followed. The article says, the FDA will still allow about 10 million doses from the factory to be distributed in the United States or sent to other countries, but with a proviso that regulators cannot guarantee that emergent biosolutions followed proper manufacturing practices. 
So we really don't know where they're going to end up because, you know, when you get vaccinated, they're not going to tell you, like, oh, hey, Emergent made this. Or I think most of the ones that have been administered in America were made from a international plant. All 21 million J&J vaccines distributed in the U.S. so far were manufactured in the Netherlands. As we all know, J&J has hit a few snags along the road, so I'm wishing them all the best, but... But soon, maybe people will be choosing Novavax. Maybe we don't need J&J to make a comeback. Yeah. Well, Novavax is a new contender. They have conducted a 29,960-person clinical trial, and in their clinical trial, their vaccine has shown an overall efficacy of 90.4%. So that's pretty close to the efficacy rates of Pfizer and Moderna. And it is higher than the efficacy rate of the one-shot vaccine from Johnson & Johnson. The Novavax vaccine also showed an efficacy of 100% at preventing moderate or severe disease. So that is similar to Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson. They are currently seeking emergency use authorization in the U.S., but are also applying for authorization in Britain, the European Union, India, and South Korea. They have conducted clinical trials in Britain. This clinical trial included 15,000 people, and it showed an efficacy of 96% against the original coronavirus and against the alpha variant, previously known as the B117 variant that was first identified in Britain. The efficacy rate was about 86%. They also conducted another smaller clinical trial in South Africa. This clinical trial included 2,900 people, and it was tested against the beta variant, previously known as the B1351 variant, which is dominant in South Africa. And against this variant, the company found an efficacy rate of about 49%. However, it is important to note that this clinical trial was a lot smaller And also some of the participants in this clinical trial had HIV and having HIV will reduce the effects of vaccines. Lastly, as the states open up, the governor of Texas recently signed Senate Bill 968, which prevents businesses from asking consumers to show their vaccine cards to receive services. This is one side of the whole vaccine passports debate where some states are leaning towards requiring vaccine passports, which basically is just something that shows proof that an individual is fully vaccinated, whereas other states are against vaccine passports and believe that it's an infringement on a person's medical privacy. So Texas has said no. I think Florida is also no on the issue. Yes, Florida has barred businesses from mandating that customers certify their vaccine status. Florida actually sued the CDC, apparently. Well, it'll be interesting to see how that debate plays out across the 50 states or if there will be like a federal mandate about it. Every other day, I think I read something about fake vaccination cards. 
using a fake vaccination card can land you with charges such as identity theft, forging government documents, and falsifying medical records. This tweet says, at FBI Seattle says, that is a misuse of a government seal. It's actually crime to do that. It comes with it for each offense up to a $5,000 fine or five years in prison. Yikers. And that wraps it up for this episode. This has been Miranda and Sabrina. Thanks for tuning in today. Remember to follow us on social media at Supplements Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Also our Notion page. And if you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you could rate and review us on Apple Pod. See you next week.